2: from Caritas, Alabama, broadcasting to the world, the world that is under the judgment of God. This is Radio Wave with your host, a friend of Megagoria.
3: A world which continues in its sin, a world in which sees no consequences to its sin. Many talk how bad things are, they look at how bad things are, but everybody's eating and compared to what things could be centuries ago, everybody's king. Food's readily available, even if you live on the streets. You go to soup kitchens. We don't know what the past have known in a harsher life. And the complaint about inconvenience or not having is more of a tantrum a child may have not getting his toy. Everybody expects more. They expect to be taken care of. They expect to be given everything. And even for those who work... And the expectations of what they deserve from the work instead of being content with the wage is always more or dissatisfaction. We're spoiled brats. We're going to be a culture that has not looked to God, but really to the wicked and their leadership and following into it. I know the Gulf Oil Spill, of BP Alabama being part of that. We repeatedly get things from attorneys saying that even if you didn't lose revenues, even if your revenues during that period expanded, you are damaged by this. They've written to us. They've called us. They've contacted us. They've cared to us. Repeatedly saying, we'll take your case. We can show you where you've been injured, where you don't know you've been injured. What is this about? There's so much money BP is penalized about happening way beyond actually what the damages are that whether you had a little restaurant or you even may not even had no business at all because you lived in this coastal state and Alabama was one of the main places hit, you're due damages. This is the mentality. And I'm sure these attorneys probably could get us a couple of million dollars. Boy, is that going to get us for a mission? It was unjust. It doesn't matter because something's available they're very convincing they're now even holding uh seminars to show you and explain to you I just got an invitation recently to go to Sheraton Inn or one of these places on near by two eighty to show us well we deserve part of the judgment against b p the seven billion dollars been awarded they've only awarded like one point eight billion they're trying to figure out who they can give it to you think this is Disease You think this is not wicked? They didn't intend to do that and spell that oil. And yet anywhere there's money and anywhere there's any billion dollars involved or more, there's a lot of corruption. In fact I would say that down to a hundred million dollars if it's a highway project, there's gonna be corruption. Don't think we got the health care bill and it's penalty and it's a Syrian type rod over us. Without there being something corrupt within the medical field. So the consequences of what we suffer from are not always seen in clarity of why they happen. And in fact, we tend to do what the Israelites did when they carried the Ark of the Covenant out to, def- out to defeat the Philistines and they got defeated. And before that, they had been defeated. And that's when they got the idea well, we got God, let's take out the covenant. Surely, we'll win. They got defeated worse the second time because they didn't connect the consequences of that defeat with the actions of their sin and following wickedness. A little good, as our ladies just said, and a little evil in you. And you spell your energies with this because you're on both sides of the fence. That the Israelites finally realized that this defeat with the Ark of the Covenant, thinking they'd be empowered actually was the principle don't take the Eucharist if you're in sin. For you eat and drink damnation. They suffered, they were defeated, they were killed, the Israelites were. This principle doesn't go away. So we have wicked living and doing its thing and going forward and everything it's about. And that's their motto, go forward, socialism. And our government and what we do and our rights have been taken away from us. So there's a tie to this, and where it's causation for it, the effect that we suffer from is no one's cause except us and the church. Mary just recently said that the church doesn't have the strength to stand up. Who's guiding the church? Pretty remarkable statement. The church doesn't have the strength to resist. Why? Because there's wickedness in the church. And there's weak guidance. We're strong in what we guide you to. Just because somebody says oh, we can give you a couple million dollars don't mean we take it. We've turned down things like that in the past. Even more than that. More than one million. More than two million. Over three million dollars. Because we knew it wasn't the right thing to do. We'll wait for the Lord. He'll promote us to the ownership of the land the right way. Not the wicked way. Not the shortcut way because I know down the road then you open the door to the devil. Wherever you create create an outlet you create an inlet. And so we have few people living by principle. Few people say no I won't take that money because it's there and it's, and it's mine and the court said so. I don't care what this court court says divorce is divorce. Who are they? These puny judges. This puny system. And the right to divorce Laws. What is this about? A usurpation of God that no man can put us under. Something that He puts together. And so we don't have the clarity to see what is right and what is wrong, because evil is both good and evil inside of us. And we're blind. We're blind to the effects of what we suffer from now is because of us, not the wicked.
4: This comes from a book, A Nation in Crisis, The Meltdown of Money, Government, and Religion by Larry and Chuck Bates. It is true that politics can be a mean business, but that shouldn't surprise any of us. Anytime someone attempts to legislate something that takes a basic freedom from someone else, there is going to be a fight, as well there should be, when we abdicate our personal responsibility to stand up for our rights, particularly those given to us by God and not by man, we are being disobedient to God himself. The founders of the United States were led by God in drafting both the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. One common thread throughout these documents is that we are endowed with natural rights from our Creator. The founders called them unalienable rights. Let's look at that word for just a moment. Literally, unalienable means... Not to be separated, given away, or taken away. Incapable of being repudiated or transferred to another. Simply put, these are an individual's natural rights, given to us by God, and no man can take them away. Life, for instance, is given by God, and man is responsible to defend it. The same is true with liberty, It is the right and power to act, believe, or express oneself in a manner of one's own choosing. God in His divine wisdom gave us life as well as a free will to make our own determinations. We choose whether to serve Him or reject Him, and that choice has eternal ramifications. Throughout life, we make decisions of our own free will in the liberty given to us. Now, of course, some make poor decisions— such as committing a crime against another's inalienable rights. That is where the law comes into play. For a free people, the law is to remain in the corner while we practice responsible self-government and self-control. The law is to come out only when we lose sight of our responsibility to rightly govern ourselves, and we impinge on the rights of another. Because we have not exercised that responsibility in the public square, Others have taken our place. Sadly, there are a great many people you wouldn't trust to watch your dog who are making decisions that affect you and your family. Politics in the United States has become a blood sport, and with the seemingly constant expansion of government, it has become a huge business as well. As a result, a large segment of society is going to government to make a living for themselves off the labor of others. Many think of this in terms of welfare recipients, but extends well beyond those poor families receiving aid from the government. There are corporate welfare recipients and political entrepreneurs who skim off sums of money and extravagant benefits from the labors of taxpayers, sums that make the typical welfare case look paltry indeed. A lot of businesses have found it easier to legislate themselves a living than to compete for it in the marketplace. The result is, we get to pay for it. If you stand idly by and watch, you are essentially complicit in a theft. In a typical crime, you could be considered an accessory to the crime.
3: As an automatic consequence to continue on in repentant sin we experience repression and oppression and attack on our liberty. So what we're facing, what John just read, these things are a consequence of the way we live. You don't have to be right or have the right to do as you have and as best you can for yourself to abide in with Christian principles if you are in continual sin. You lose that right. It's inalienable. God gave it to you. Nobody can take it away. But it sure can be squashed, oppressed. Chavez just died. Everybody's praising him. Not everybody, but there's people out there praising him. Somebody in the US Congress. What is what is this kind of mentality? A ruthless, evil man. We did a priest or rather a priest visited here and he did an interview with us and he was just saying what it was like Living there. And of course, a lot of this, you get these ruthless dictators and tyrants as a result of not living Christian principles. Because it, that contradicts that if you do what I say, you live my statues, you'll prosper. You don't prosper by a ruthless dictator. We have that in the White House right now. If you're new to this, or you don't accept that, or you don't understand how I could say something like this, and yet we'd be a religious people living by Christian principles, then read they find the first shot. You either have to reject it and reject God or accept it. It's blatantly clear, not opinions, not rhetoric, not political thought. But we have an intrinsic evil looming over us. In the book of Jude or Job it says, Why do the wicked live? Reach an old age, And grow mighty in power. That's the question we need to ask ourselves today. They just seem to be prospering more and more. He goes on and says, Their children are established in their presence and their offspring before their eyes. Their houses are safe from fear and no rod of God is upon them. It's incredible because we know when we as Christians and we know the Jews from their history, When they did wrong, the rod of God was placed over them. God says, The Syrians are my rod. What did God use the rod for? To punish the Israelites. But for the wicked, Job says there's no rod of God upon them. Their bull breeds without fail, their cow's calves does not know, does not cast her calf, or it does cast her calf. They send forth the little ones like a flock, and their children dance with tambourines and leer and rejoice at the sound of the pipe. They spend their days in prosperity, and in peace they go down and show. They say to God, Depart from us! We do not desire the knowledge of thy ways. What is the Almighty that we should serve him? And what profit do we get if we pray to him? Behold, is not their prosperity in their hand. The counsel of the wicked is far from me. And so Job says, it's far from being wicked. And look at my lot. Look at what I'm suffering. And so this is something to ask ourselves. Why do they prosper? Why does your sources continue? Why do those do what they do in the government? It's because God allows that. But if you went to the New Testament, you'd find out that God punishes the righteous when they live unrighteously. Over a long term of suffering to put them through trials. Just like our lady said in Medjugorje, God wants to give you trials. Why? To purify you. Our lady says, do you permit me to purify your heart? Why? Because God's children, the ones that's loyal to Him or praised to Him, even though they fail in the statues, aren't living to Him, He makes them loyal by the purification and the rod. And then you know what the New Testament says? as to the wicked, God strikes instantly. There's no let up of His justice. So Chaphez in all his power, he's gone. Puff! Smoke right out the window. Where is he now? Where's his power? But what does he leave in his wake? But what happened to the people's hearts? How did they inherit that? And if you read that by the first shot, you know what it starts off with in Africa. And don't think our lady tied that to Medjugorje without tying it to the rest of the world to show what your fate is, people. Yes, it's time to wake up. It's time to look at all these things and we see the economy we think, oh, it's just a matter of mathematics, a matter of dynamics, a matter of not spending things right. It was just projected by the Congressional Budget Office for 2013 that the government will take in more money than they ever have in history. 26 trillion dollars or 2.7 at our top 2.7 trillion dollars for 2013. The only thing that came close to that was 2.6 trillion that the government collected in 2007 just before the crash. The stock markets went above 14,000 yesterday. What does that mean for us? Everything looks good until you look at the stats. How I many on welfare and unjustly, it's not justifying it. How bad things are economically, how little growth there is, just minute, which I'm not necessarily for growth. I'd rather say even keel, steady than growth. But nevertheless, these are the measurements the world uses to see where we are. And if you went down the stats over and over and over, everything is in bad shape. And the stock market showing this is a good investment. It's a house of cards. There's nothing underneath this. All the while, this makes gold and silver go down. So, think about that. Man's way, the stock markets, and what he thinks, and God's ways, gold and silver goes one way down, and man's way goes up. But the old proverbial saying, what goes up must come down. And what is intrinsically evil, which our whole system is basically you can't take in two point seven trillion dollars a lot, without a lot, a magnanimous amount of evil and corruption. If that's going to be a judgment against it. And it's going to go away. And it's going to crash. And only things, only things of God, then will have value. Your life, your family, your nation. The food you get from your ground to your mouth. And those things with intrinsic value that can't be wiped away. Just like unalienable rights can't be taken away through liberty because God gives that. God gave gold and silver. It's value is from God. You will never make it value. Nobody's gonna throw it down the street and say, I don't want this. They will the dollar bill, just like they did in the Weimar Republic. They did it to the Confederacy when it crashed and it failed, and money that the Confederacy was worth at the time went down to nothing, just to pay, could he buy paper. And so, things that intrinsically have the worth of God, liberty, unalienable rights, things that God gives, man can oppress, he can alter it, he can suppress silver, he can suppress, uh, suppress gold. But when the correction comes, those intrinsic value instantly are back there. Frank?
5: Yeah, and things will things will over adjust by how they've been manipulated. The Dow record should be telling us it should be predicting and forecasting the economy that things are looking good going forward. But it's 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 all manipulation, painting the charts to get the money where they want the money to go. And there's a couple more indicators. That I would um, encourage people to look at, and one is physically Harvey Dent's work on the graph of the baby boomers that predicts future economies. And as the baby boomers are retiring, the youngest of the baby boomers are turning forty-seven, where their spending habits decrease. There's no way for the economy going forward to be sustainable anymore. This is an abominable practice, and there's physically no possible way for recovery with the negative demographics. The other indicator that I would look at more importantly is it ain't going to happen. And this prophetically shows us that there's a judgment against this system and it, and it can't sustain. There'd be no sustainable recovery because we're beyond the point of sustainable recovery. And, the program on May fifth, two thousand and ten, when about the time I think the book was decided to be called "It Ain't Going to Happen," the um, the show was the name of the show was chosen after the um, when the show was aired, and of course, an hour and a half later, the Dow had another record, and that was an intraday record, which is known as the flash crash now, and it was also a sign that this is what we should be looking at to forecast the future in the economy because it's based on biblical principles, it's based on Our Lady's message and it's based on a moral compass that tells us um, these aren't real numbers. Gold and silver are suppressed with desperation. Uh, The Dow has to be supported. If 1500 points came off the dow and when it does happen there'll be no silver available the the demand for silver is going to increase and increase until there's just no way to meet that demand
3: and what, it, what is the price of silver right now is it is it following with this it, it's
5: rigged? about it, it's about $29 all the all the money is going into equities right now so it's going out of everything else in, in the paper market, the physical demand for silver has not slowed down. It's increased, so they're not they're not real indicators. The um, your listeners and the people that follow your work are buying, and um, this is exactly what should be very encouraging to me. And take advantage of this because it, it has nothing to do with reality. If the thirty dollars silver is not real. There's a, there's nothing intrinsically, that would make that anywhere near a real value. Silver becomes more rare to everything every day, including gold. And the fact that you can get 55 ounces of silver for an ounce of gold should make everyone think, why in the world would anybody be buying gold? And, and gold certainly is better than anything else out there. But you don't want to be buying paper so high, buy low. The, the Dow is high. Uh, we had Dow Records in 2000. We know what happened after that. Uh, you know, the NASDAQ bubble popped, and everything deflated. So that's, you know, certainly what's going to happen in the end. It's just going to, that'll be a little warm-up.
3: Well, the the market of silver now, as far as a premium, on, because there's a shortage of it, is our premium growing on top of the spot price?
5: We haven't seen it, um... In the retail market, I haven't followed it real closely, and I don't know that there's a there's a retail shortage like we had in 2008, where the premiums really rose. Uh, I think that um, you know it could it could be upon us very fast. This year, uh, the U.S. mint um, halted minting eagles in January, that the demand was so great, and um, I don't know when they'll start. You know, minting
3: uh, American Eagles again. Well, that should be a, that's, that's a big statement. If they stopped in January at the beginning of the year, which they they, they stamp out American Eagles all year long, and the quota or they can't keep up had to be stopped in January taking orders, read the writing on the wall. That's a clear indicator of where we're headed. There's nothing silver to be buying.
2: Just to uh, jump in here real fast before the broadcast ends, um, just to uh, mention that the friend of Mejigoria throughout the uh, past several months has been um, able to accept some speaking engagements, and of course, obviously we can't accommodate every uh, every possible engagement uh, that we're asked of. Uh, but uh, tomorrow, uh, Friday and uh, and on Saturday, so tomorrow, uh, which is uh, Friday the eighth, uh, a friend of Medjugorje is going to be speaking in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and uh, that's this is a closed talks only for people who have read. They fired the first shot. If you have not read, they fired the first shot. Uh, that talk will not be open to you. Um, now the talk on Saturday, uh, March ninth, uh, is uh, open to the general public, and that's going to be a general talk about Medjugorje and, and the situation in our world. So, uh, again, those of you who are within driving distance of uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, you can come uh, to hear a friend of Medjugorje on Friday, uh, if you've read They Fire the First Shot, and uh, and on Saturday, uh, Saturday in the morning time, and there's information on Medjugorje.com about that, so you can just uh, go to the website and find the locations and times. Um, One thing that we just want to... Just want to mention about these talks again we 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 refer to them as talks because there's no other really word that you can actually give it um, but to call it a talk is really kind of to understate the the value of it uh just listening uh to the last uh uh encounters that we had uh particularly the ones that were in Iowa, the most recent ones um the effect that people that it has on people. Uh, we like to say and uh, compare it to when the disciples were on the road to Emmaus and, and Jesus came to them and they didn't uh, recognize him, but their hearts were burning inside of them. And this was the this was the feeling of everyone there. You could feel that the Holy Spirit was present and people's hearts were burning inside of them. Even people who were convicted about the way that they were living were excited to be convicted. They were excited to know that they were not living right, And that they needed to do more. And there's a freedom in knowing what to do. And so uh, these are the the type of encounters that we have. Uh, A friend of Medjugorje is not interested in giving you opinion. He's not interested in giving you his opinion. He's interested in giving you the truth. And so, uh, again, if you're within driving distance, these are not uh, opportunities that you want to miss because they're encounters that are not like anything that you've heard before. So, uh, again, uh, just to reiterate that those will take place uh, Friday, You can go to mej.com and there's information there on the website with uh, contact information and the location and times uh, for the talk. So, again, that's uh, Friday, March 8th and Saturday, March 9th in Albuquerque, New Mexico.
3: Frank, what's your contact information?
2: Yeah, um, and it's also an opportunity
5: for those on the West. Everybody should be coming in April, but if it's just impossible for you to get to Caritas in April, it'll be an opportunity for those on the West Coast to to meet with you um there in new mexico you can reach us toll free 877-936-7686 you can email us at global silver investors at yahoo.com and our website is global silver investors.com
3: any other comment
5: Frank? yeah just take take advantage of this price call us if you uh, still have 401Ks and that type of thing to deal with, deal with them now. It's a great opportunity. It, this, it has nothing to do with anything physical. Uh, the fundamentals of, of stocks are horrible, and the fundamentals of silver get better every day. So, um, you know, call us, and, and we definitely can help you uh, get going in the right direction.
3: And as Joe says, why do the wicked live reach old age and grow in mighty power? The answer is that's an effect. And the question we need to ask us ourselves as Christians are we the causation? And if you read all these messages and you understand what they say we have failed. And this causation is causing this effect. We wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Goodbye.